Hello and welcome to the Green Pole podcast. We are back with a match preview for the game against Bournemouth tomorrow at Craven Cottage. I am delighted to be joined this evening by Tommy. How are you doing tonight, Tom? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Yeah, not too bad. Uh, looking forward to the game tomorrow. Hopefully get back to winning ways. Yes, we certainly need to do that. Um, before we get into the preview, I just want to apologise for the lack of podcasts which has been produced recently um, from a personal point of view. I've had a few personal issues, which is why I've not been on um, and we've struggled to get a lot of content out. So I do apologise for that. But we are back and we are ready to bring you more Fulham-related content to the Green Pile podcast by Hammy and Right. Uh, as I mentioned, we haven't done many podcasts recently. So before we talk about Bournemouth, Tom, let's talk about the West Ham game just briefly. Um, what was your take on the result and also the performance? Uh, do we have to talk about it? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm still angry now, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> every time someone mentions it to me, I'm just like, oh, come on. Uh the performance, I didn't think it was too bad. I thought there were points in the game where we were better than them and there were points in the game where we weren't. But overall, I thought the performance was decent enough to get something from the game. Um, yeah, I thought I thought the first 20 minutes or so, I thought we were really good. We pressed them high. We, we took the ball off them in dangerous areas. And yeah, I mean, if Dan James's shot that hits the bar goes in, maybe the game's a different game into, you know, entirely. But... Um, yeah, but you just can't. The, the game hinges on those decisions, doesn't it? And yeah. all right, Pereira, Pereira's just he's a bit stupid for, for going back, but at the end of the day, Dawson clotheslines him, <laughs> takes him clean, takes him out. Yeah. And I've spoken and, to so many people in so many neutrals, and no one understands how that's a penalty in any, in any way, shape, or form. But Chris Kavanagh seemed to think so. Just like he seemed to think last year that Ched Evans' goal should have stood for Preston. So, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 it still just baffles me to be honest how, how VAR could do that. And then you know Skamaka's goal, it, it's shown on the big screen, and you know everybody in the ground can clearly see the deviation on the ball when it comes down and hits his hand. Anyone who knows football knows that that touch he makes is taking the ball behind him. Mm. And then when, as soon as it hits his hand, it goes back in front of him and gives him a clear advantage to, to score the goal. So, you know, you just hope that, you know, it evens itself out through the season. You really, really just hope so. Um, the law of averages know, so, says that it should. Yeah, um, well, you'd hope so. <laughs> but just my quick opinion on it, I think going 1-0 up so early on was vital for us to get a good result out of the game. Obviously, it never... Yeah planned out like that but great finish by Andreas um, and then Daniel James could have made it two if not for the crossbar not much long after but the penalty was annoyed me more than the other two to be honest I think because the ref had a word with Andreas and Dawson twice before mm. the corner eventually came, came in any, any contact between them then the penalty was going to be given straight away but the reason why VAR was being brought in was to stop clearing obvious errors. Now, he's only got to look at that again and go, well, the first contact was actually Dawson on Andreas. So, therefore, it should have been a free kick our way. Um, Absolutely, yeah. 
And okay, yes, it depends which way you want to look at it. But for me, that's a free kick. Um, I don't want to get into the other two goals, to be <laughs> honest, because they're as clear as day handballs. Um, it's just the inconsistency. Marcus Rashford scored a goal at Everton a couple of hours after our game finished, and it was ruled out for probably less of an off, less of a handball than the other two. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. But yeah, the performance I weren't too disappointed, especially without Mitrovic. Um, I think Vinicius looks okay. He could probably do a job for a game or two, but you want to want him to be your starting number nine for many more than a couple of games. So, mm, right, let's get into Bournemouth. So, Bournemouth seemed to be rejuvenated a little since the departure of the wonderful Scott Parker. <laughs> um, would you call it a coincidence that they've now picked, they're now starting to pick up points on a regular basis or have they just had a nice run of fixtures? Um, I think the Leicester game comes under nice run of fixtures because Leicester defensively, they just look terrible. I don't know what's going on there, but they just look terrible. Um, before that, though, I mean, the credit has to go to Gary O'Neill because Scott Parker publicly came out and said that the players aren't good enough, they need help. Um, <laughs> After that 9-0 beating by Liverpool. But since then, Gary O'Neill's come in and I mean you you can't you know you can't question it really. He's been he's been brilliant. They've been good. They've 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 been a good side and they're you know they're they're deservedly where they are in the league. Um picking up draws and picking up a couple of wins. I think they're unbeaten since he took over. So, you know, by by no stretch is it going to be an easy game tomorrow. And I don't think we've beaten them at the cottage for about 20 years. So, yeah. you know, it's a tough, it's a very tough game to go into. And yeah, I think it's going to be a really cage, even this early in the season, I think it's going to be a pretty cagey game, to be honest. Because they, they currently sit eighth, uh, one place above us. Now, some yeah. people will obviously call this a six-pointer. Uh, and yes, it is. It still is in after nine games. It's still a, a relegation six pointer. Um, I think we have to be slightly realistic. Yes, we're both eighth and ninth, but by the end of the season, we're probably both going to be with that bottom seven eight. If we're to be slightly pessimistic, but look, we're seeing it now. And if someone said to us, "You'll you'll finish seventeenth," we'll bite the round off. Um, but it's a good point about Gary O'Neill. I think since he has come in. Um, it is that new manager bounce, um, but he was managing their under-23s for a little while, wasn't it? Yeah, um, he was, yeah. And it'll be interesting to see if they do actually give him the job on a permanent basis. Um, what's your thoughts on that? I think he's a brilliant, very, very good coach, to be fair. Very, very good coach. I think um, he's shown, because uh, he was a borough for a while, wasn't he, um, as a number two as well. So uh, I think he's shown since he's come in as well that... He, he just takes things in his stride. He's part of that like new age coach, you know, wants to be friends with the players, but has a bit of tactical nous about him, you know, changes things in the game, which a lot of managers get a lot of stick for not doing. Um, but he seems to see things in the game, a bit like Graham Potter sees things in the game as they happen and changes it to affect the game. Um, I saw that against Leicester. He changed the game. He brought on... Um, Oh, who was it he bought? I can't remember who he bought him, but he bought someone on and bought pushed them further forward to support Solanke and pushed the team up it pushed the team up for you know about 20 yards up the pitch and they just yeah, Leicester the defense just couldn't cope, they couldn't play out and 
I think both their goals came from them pressing Leicester and then them winning the ball back. So I think that's something we really need to watch for tomorrow. I think we can't go into the game with one game plan. I think we need two or three different options. If they start getting on top of us, we need to have something that we can do to, to change the game back in our favour. Yeah, so you've just described everything, well, Gary O'Neill in the sense that it's everything that Scott Parker wants to be or thought he was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I've been really impressed with Bournemouth and they're meant to be the whooping boys of the league. And it's it's quite funny, actually, that every sort of man and his dog wrote us off, wrote Bournemouth off and said Nottingham Forest are going to have a really good season. And the way it's planning out is it's, it's the polar opposite. Nottingham Forest are struggling. Um, to score and to, to stop conceding goals. And that's in Bournemouth for quietly going about our business. Um, I think looking at the, the fixtures that all three teams have had, I still think we've had the harder run of fixtures the, the first nine games. So for us to be sitting ninth, you know, it, it has been a really good start to the season. And hopefully tomorrow we can get another win on the board and, as you said, get back to winning ways. Um, for us to win tomorrow, we're going to need to get a lot of success. Where can you see that success coming from? Uh, well, I'm, I'm really glad that Anthony Robinson's back. He he came back in last weekend and I thought it was like he hadn't been away. He got the ball he liked to push forward. His end product has always been in question. But I, I think with the amount of times he gets forward and offers an outlet, I think, you know, nine times out of ten, he's always there wanting the ball, pushing forward. So I think he's going to be a key player for us tomorrow. Um, I also, I saw earlier on that Willian is going to be back in the squad. And I, I think his first appearance for us, when I think when we beat Forest, I think that was his first start. But um, yeah, I thought he played really well in that game. And to be honest, if he came back in tomorrow, I'd, I'd be quite happy. I think he's, he's a really good player. And I think he offers something going forward that, you know, a bit, bit of an attacking threat um, going forward that we, we kind of lacked the last couple of games. We, we almost seem a bit blunt going forward at the moment without Mitrovic, um, Dan James on, on the wing as well. I'd also quite like maybe Harry Wilson to get a bit more time on the pitch. I don't think he'll start. I don't think he's quite ready to start, but maybe come on after an hour or so. Um, yeah, I think where we can win the game is definitely not conceding as many because seeing <laughs> that we've conceded three, four goals in the last, God knows, I think the last seven games we've conceded more than two goals. So, you know, it's, it's you're not going to worry, isn't it? Conced- yeah, if you're not going to win games if you keep conceding two goals. Um, but if we can keep it a bit tight, um, I think going forward, we've got better players than they have. Even... I say, but even if Mitrovic doesn't play, I think going forward, the likes of Harry Wilson, um, Cabano, and you know, even Vinicius, I think he's not really done anything wrong. <laughs> he played mm. against Newcastle and he just put himself about. And then last week, I think um, Silver said earlier on that he wasn't ready to play a full full match last week, so. Hopefully he's had a bit more training and a bit bit fit, fitness in him, and I, th- I think he'll start tomorrow. I don't think Mitrovic will start tomorrow, so I'm hopeful that Vinicius is ready tomorrow. But yeah, I, I think we can win the game, but I think it'll be really tight. 
Yeah, so that was actually going to be my next question is, are you worried about the possibility of another game without Mitrovic? Now, I only asked this because earlier on today, I actually watched, uh, is it Cabano's Diary on uh, the mm. Fulham website? And I think, obviously, it was recorded. It was yesterday or the day before, but Mitrovic was still walking with a bit of a limp. Still limping, yeah. I yeah, saw so it as well, yeah. I don't actually, I don't expect him to start tomorrow and I'd be very surprised if he's even in the matchday squad. Um, obviously he's got, he's going to be a big loss for us he'd be a big loss for most teams in the Premier League um, but if you take Mitrovic out of the squad how do you expect us to line up tomorrow? Well I think uh, it will obviously be Leno I think Riemann Tostin will stay Robinson the right back is the, is the position that I'm guessing is the most up for grabs because obviously Kenny Tete's out and Bobby Reid played there last week. I don't think he did anything wrong. He just obviously played Skamaka on side is the only thing really that anyone could look at. Hmm. Um, but that you know that comes with training with the, the the back four and stepping up when they step up. Um, so it might be Reed, Bobby Reid again at right back. Um, I think Silver's comments last week regarding Mbabu show where he feels he's at. You know, he's he's basically said to him he's not good enough. And he needs to get better. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be blunt. Well, um, to be, the thing is with Mbabu, um, I actually had this conversation, I think, with um, with our very own Frankie on the pod. Um, when he came on against Tottenham, he, he was, in my opinion, not terrible. I think that's a bit harsh, but he wasn't great. Um, everything mm. he seemed to do, he did wrong. Um, and I don't know if that's knocked his confidence a bit. He seems like a confidence player. But yeah, if, no, if he is to start tomorrow, I'm not going to be too disappointed. Um, but I do think Bobby Reid will start. I think you're right in that. Um, I think if if Mbappé starts, he has to start a right back. I mean, when he came on against Spurs and played left back, it was yeah, it was uh, it wasn't very good good watching to be honest. It, it was you know he didn't have the ability to kick the ball with his left foot. So. No, and he forgot he had one. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think it will be Bobby Reid at right back. Um, then, obviously, Pellinia, Harrison Reid. To be honest, Pereira's played well and obviously scored last week, but I wouldn't mind seeing Tom Kearney play just because it's that sort of game where you want to put your foot on the ball and you want to dictate the game. I think if you'd have asked me at the beginning of the season the games where I'd want Tom Kearney to play, this would be one of them because you're playing a side that's come up with you and a side that you think you should have more possession in the game and you should be able to dictate the game. Uh, to be honest, it, it'll probably be Pereira. It was just my it's just my preference that I think Tom Kearney would be good to start this game. Yeah. And then on the wings, I think probably Cabano and Dan James will probably start. Uh James for the outlet for the pace in Cabano, because I think he's quietly gone about his business this season, to be honest. I think Stats suggest that he's created quite a few chances. He's obviously not scored a goal, but I think he's he's not made the step up flawlessly from the championship. But he's he's done okay. He's come in, you know, he's done well when he's played for us this season. And again, I think he's he's a confidence player. And the more game time he gets at this level, the, the better he'll be. Um, Harry Wilson, like I say, I think will come on at some point, and I think. If he he might even start, but I, I don't think he will. I think maybe get him on after an hour or so, and then like like I said, I, I think I think Vinicius will start. 
I saw the the Cabano diary thing as well, and yeah, it, it did look like he was still limping. So I don't I don't see him playing to be honest. Yeah, and the last thing we want is to is to even risk him, um, and then him getting injured even further, and then that's him done now to the World Cup. Um, yeah, exactly. Because Villa's yeah, only I mean, a few days away, and yeah, so I was going to say uh, Villa's. These next two games are both games that we could pick up six points from. And yeah. if there's one of them that I'd prefer him to miss, it's probably Bournemouth, because we could probably still win the game with the players we've got. Yeah. Whereas Villa, I feel you need we'd probably need him. Yeah, I think more that's a valid point. Yeah, because we've got Leeds on the Sunday as well. So you know, in an ideal world, we'll get nine points. Um, but I think if we get anything less than four. I don't think it's been a very good week for us. Um, no, I agree. Yeah. And that is being, you know, slightly pessimistic. I think we, a minimum of five points, how we get them, it's a win and two draws over the next three games. I personally think, you know, seven is definitely achievable. Um, win the two home games, get a point away at Ellen Road next weekend. Um, but no, tomorrow is hugely important. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, I think Silva does like Vinicius, so I I probably expect him to start up top because I think we're in agreement that Mitrovic doesn't play tomorrow. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he puts Daniel James through the middle, um, perhaps starts Harry Wilson on a right, Caban on a left, keeping Bobby Reed at right back, or he brings Mbappe back in, and then you go back to seeing Cabano and Bobby Reed on the flanks. I don't yeah. think the rest of the team is up for debate. I think they've pretty much picked him, picked himself at the minute. But there's been a few people comment on Twitter recently saying that it may be time for a change in the central defence because mm-hmm. of the amount of goals we conceded. Now, Ream had a brilliant start to the season. I don't think he's been doing too much wrong either. Tossin's probably had the worst start to the season, but it's gradually showing his class. So I do think if there is going to be a change made, I can see Ream coming out and the upcoming in. I think that will help have a bit more pace at the back, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was the exact same team that lined up last week away at West Ham. Yeah. Um, so everything we've just spoken about, give me your match prediction. Uh, a very tight 2-1 win I'm going to go with. A 2-1 win. Yeah. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, can't, I don't think it's going to be a game of many goals, is there? No, but I'm going to go 2-1. Uh, just, yeah, it's going to be tight. And like I say, I think even this, this early stage of the season, I think it's going to be cagey because both sides are going to know, yeah, we've made good starts. But it's an odd season as well because you've got the World Cup break in the middle and who knows what's going to happen after that. So, you know, I think both teams are going to think, Right, we've both got to win this game, but also we don't want to lose this game. So I think, yeah, I think it'll be a very, very tight game. You watch, it'll be three or four. It's, it's but, bound to happen. No, but I do think I could even see a one nil win, you know, a really awful goal. Clean sheet. Or, we'll take that. <laughs> we'll take a clean sheet right now. <laughs> um, but again, I think you're right. I do think Bournemouth are going to come and set up, you know, set up for a point. I don't think they're going to come and 
play expansive football and try and take us on head to head because I think that's when they would definitely come unstuck because we have improved a lot since last season. You know, you've got the likes of Paulinia. I think Harrison Reed is taking his football to the next level. Um, you know, you've got Daniel James in there now. Uh, Vinicius, if he plays, still a quality act. Uh, Andreas, who, you know, at times has looked really, really good. Sometimes his end product is not always at its best, but that's something that I think will improve as the season goes on. Yeah, there are times where I think he just needs to get his head up a bit more. He tries to take someone on maybe one too many times. Yeah. Um, but there's no question he's got the quality. Like the goal last week, some of his dead ball situations this season, you know, he can get out of a tight spot. Yeah, he's a very, very good player. And I think Silver's kind of given him the confidence to show that he's a Premier League player as well. So I think he's only going to get better personally. I think as the season goes on, he will get better. Yeah. And again, his, as you said, his set-piece deliveries are, are normally spot on. Um, but, yeah, I can see a 1-0 win. I can see probably a Vinicius scrappy header somewhere during the second half. But we'll take that. We'll, we'll, we'll take the three points, no matter how it comes, just to get back onto winning ways and just give us a bit more confidence going into Thursday. Because what we don't want is, is a bad result tomorrow and then you're sort of chasing your tail a little bit. Because at the start of the season, you look at those fixtures and you go, right, Bournemouth at home. We should be winning those games if you want to stay up in the Premier League. Um, I mean, I watched I watched the Forest Villa game on Monday night, unfortunately. And <laughs> it was a poor game, to be fair, between two sides that just, yeah, they didn't look like they knew what, what the game plan was. I think Villa are there for the taking. Provided, obviously, Gerard doesn't get sacked after this weekend and then they get the new manager bounce. But I think, you know, coming to the cottage, you know, in an evening game as well, under the lights, I think, you know, that's a real opportunity to get three points because Villa, they just didn't look like they knew where the goal was, to be fair. They didn't look like they knew what they were doing at all. No. So hopefully this will be a start of a, a good run. You know, we've had some tough games and we've put up some really good performances. Now, this will test us, I think. You know, it's a good job that I, I'm thankful that Palini has now served his suspension. Um, obviously, came back against West Ham. Still looked like he hadn't been away. But for me, I think where we're going to win win the game tomorrow will be that centre of midfield. I think Palini and Reed with Andreas in front of them, I think those three as a triangle will, will definitely... If we win, it will be because of them. Um, mm. And yeah, I, I just can't wait now. I've not been at a game for a few weeks. So I just can't wait to get back into the ground and, and watch the team play again. Yeah, uh, hopefully the, the ground's rocking tomorrow. I'm not I'm not going tomorrow because obviously, I, like I said to you the other day, I've just come back from Canada and stuff. But if I could have got a ticket, I'd love to have gone. Um, but yeah, hopefully the ground's rocking and... Just, just hope we can pick up three points because I think that would give us a bit more of a confidence boost going into Villa. I think if we can win tomorrow, then we probably win against Villa and then things look rosy again, don't they? So, Yeah, that's it. But as you said, this, this season's going to be a strange one because I think from bottom to where we are, I think it's only about six points, seven points. So usually after 10 games in the season, you sort of find out roughly where you're going to finish. Um, 
And if that's something to go on, then, you know, we're going to finish round mid-table. But I do think there's going to be a lot of chops and changes throughout the season. And we've just got to keep our head above water. And that, that's that's literally it. Like you said earlier, if someone offered us 17th, we'd bite, we'd bite the hand off. So for us to be where we are at the moment, it's brilliant, but it's not over. We've got to, we've got to keep going. We've got to just, like you say, keep our heads above the water. Because, I mean, I can't... Most seasons, you go into the Premier League season, you go right a few games in, you go, well, yeah, like last season, Norwich are gone. You yeah. already knew that. The season before, unfortunately, Fulham are gone. <laughs> but but you, 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 you know what I mean? It's like, you know there's one or two teams who are already gone. But this season, I... I'm looking at the table and I'm thinking we're five points from relegation. We're only five points from the relegation zone and we're in we're in ninth place. Mm. So you know there's Leicester who have fallen apart. There's Southampton. There's Leeds. There's Brentford. There's Forest. There's Bournemouth. There's us. I think you know there's seven or eight teams that could Villa as well. There's seven or eight teams that could very well Wolves even Wolves even yeah. they've not had a good start. Everton, and they're looking Leeds. at bringing bringing Nuno back. Exactly. That's that's the thing. So, yeah, yeah. So it's, you look you look at that table now, and you go right. Leicester aren't going to go down. That is a, a squad that is far too good to go down. And that old cliche, you know, you're too good to go down. They are literally too good to go down. I think whether that's with Rogers in charge or they get a new manager in, they have too much quality in that squad to go down. Um, but I think Forest are gone. I do think they will end up sort of tailing off. They'll just finish bottom. But again, you know, I think Southampton are in big trouble. I think they're ones you've got to look at. Everton again, Leeds. I think Leeds will struggle again this year. Um, but yeah, as you, there's about seven or eight teams. You can throw a blanket over them. And I wouldn't be surprised if come the end of the season, between 20th and 14th, there's a handful of points in it. Yeah, no, I agree. I hundred percent agree with that. Uh, Le- on the Leicester thing, though, I mean, going forward, they're they're too good to go down. But at the back, mm. it's, it just seems a bit like there's something gone on there. Casper Schmeichel's gone. He doesn't play Sionchu anymore. You know, the the back four is a completely pretty much a new back four. So, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm more in the camp of Leicester could go. The longer the Rodgers stays, the Leicester could go. But yeah, I mean, Forest are the only one I think at the moment. Yeah, they're they're pretty much gone. But there's talks of Casper Schmeichel not getting on with the uh, the manager at Nice, so I wouldn't be surprised if come January you see Schmeichel returning to Leicester, which was a very strange <laughs> transfer in the first place. I think Schmeichel leaving Leicester when he did probably tells a lot of people now about the situation they're actually in. I don't think he would have left if he thought they they were going to have a good season, if everything was rosy at Leicester. I, I, I agree. I do think there's something not right at Leicester. But I think given the last few years that they've had losing the tragic uh, incident with their owner, I'd like to see Leicester you know, get away from the bottom three because, I, I, again, I think they're under false pretenses um, being where they are. But we'll just have to wait and see and... Let's hope we can get three points tomorrow. Um, and yeah, look forward to Thursday. But Tom, look, thank you very much for your time. Um, it is only me and you tonight, so I hope listeners aren't too disappointed. Um, but look, we've had a laugh. And if there's any questions you want us to discuss on the podcast next week, please get in touch. We'd be more than happy to ask them. And it stops me rambling on for 30 minutes. <laughs>
So thanks, Tom. No worries. Thanks, Steve.